Today's scripture reading is from Matthew 28, 16 through 20. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. This is the word of the Lord. So our new series is talking about the word disciple. The the word disciple is used in the New Testament of our scriptures 268 times. So it's used frequently. However, today it's not common in our language, in our culture. Instead, we use a word like follower. I'm a follower of something. We follow people on Twitter. Twitter, I enunciated that very well, didn't I? On Twitter and Facebook and Uh, other places as well, Instagram. So we have followers. Once we get uh, so many friends on Facebook, you have followers instead of friends. So it would be odd for me to tell you I am a disciple of George Lucas, but it would be perfectly okay for me to tell you that I am a follower and a big fan of George Lucas and Star Wars. How many of you have seen this movie so far? Okay, how many want to see it and haven't seen it yet? Okay, I, I will not give you any spoilers, but oh my goodness, go see it, okay? It's great. I saw it twice. So we follow things, and we are inclined to follow the things that make us feel better about ourselves. I was reading a Gallup poll, and it talked about Four reasons why people will follow a leader. And so there's four needs that we have in trying to choose someone that we would follow as a leader. Not necessarily a a movie series, but someone that we would look up to and submit to their leadership. The first need that we have is trust. We want to be able to trust this person. Are they a person of integrity? The second need that we have is, are they compassionate? Does that person care about me and my situation? The third need is stability. Are they strong? Is there security? Is there uh, support that they have? Are they a person of peace? Is there stability with them? And the fourth need is hope. Does this leader bring hope into my life? Is there a future? Is there a certainty in the direction that this leader is taking me? Sometimes we choose to follow a leader for bad reasons. Sometimes there's rebellion in our hearts against good authority, and so we follow bad leaders. Sometimes we run from changes that we know we need to make inside, so we follow a wrong path. Sometimes we just give up trying, and we embrace failure. And sometimes it just feels good to connect with someone who gets me, to find someone that understands me and I feel like I belong with. Within the world and within the Christian faith, we are following someone or something. 
We are following. Here's a short word of encouragement. If you want to be a great leader, you should strive to become a great follower. We learn to lead others through following. The heart of leadership is to lead others to follow well. And so as we become great followers, we are able to teach others how to follow as well. So who do you follow? Who are you a disciple of? To whom do you look when you wake in the morning? To whom do you look when you lie down to sleep at night? When you need advice, who is the one that you go to? Who is it that you trust? Who is it that you feel has compassion for you? Who brings stability to your life? And who causes your heart to be filled with hope? Today we learn our first cardinal trait of a disciple. A disciple is a follower of Christ. You know, fear is a major motivator for many of us, and fear keeps many people from following Christ. There are consequences for living a life following Him. The world looks down upon adults who believe in what they consider to be myths or fairy tales about God. And if you want to face hatred from people, then tell them there is only one way, one truth, and one life, and that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Fear is a major factor that prohibits many of us from following Christ. Another factor that keeps us is many times we lose hope. I was excited to start a new year. There were some cool things that happened in 2015, but there were some really difficult events that happened in 2015. And sometimes we, we don't feel that fresh start, and so we start to lose hope, and it causes us to stop following Jesus. There are seasons in life where our faith seems to just not be worth it. This is too hard. We don't see fruit. We don't feel joy. We don't sense the presence of God in our life, so what's the point? I'll just stop following Christ. But when the Spirit of God moves us to see the majesty of the Lord Jesus and we kneel underneath His merciful hand and we submit our lives to Him as Lord and Savior, we become His disciple, His follower. So I want quickly to look at four marks of being a follower of Christ. A disciple is a follower of Christ, and these are going to be four marks of being that follower. And we're going to look in the section of Scripture that was read for us earlier in uh, Matthew chapter 28 to the very end of the Gospel of Matthew. Number one, if you're taking notes, a follower is anyone baptized in Christ. A follower is anyone baptized in Christ. So baptism is the entrance into following Jesus. We are dipped in or underwater as an exit from a life of slavery to sin to a life of righteousness in Christ. It's our exodus moment. So baptism is very much related to, especially in the book of Romans, 
related to Israel when they left Egypt and they went through the waters of the Red Sea. They were baptized. They were saved from slavery into freedom by going through the waters. So baptism marks the beginning of our following Christ, our freedom in him. Look with me in chapter 28, verse 19 of Matthew. Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples. There's that word. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So first he said, go, and I want you to make disciples. I want you to make followers of me. This is called the Great Commission. If you've heard of that phrase before, this is the Great Commission that Jesus gave to his disciples. He's telling them to go out and commissioning them as his followers to go out and make more followers by doing these things that he prescribes following. He says, go to all nations. This is good news for all of us. Uh, Many of us, I would imagine, are not an Israelite, and so we're not Jewish by, uh, by origin. Uh, many of, uh, some of us may be here tonight, but it's good news that for all nations because there are, are no hindrances to any ethnicity or nationality in coming to faith in Christ. Jesus says, go and tell anyone and everyone, not just the Jewish, but every living soul, tell them about the good news of Jesus. So make disciples of all nations, and then he says, baptizing them. So baptism, the baptism that he is telling them to give to the disciples, the new converts, is the same baptism that he received, and it is the first ordinance of the church. It signifies a rebirth. It signifies new life. It signifies an entrance into the kingdom. So the first cardinal trait of a disciple, or the, of a disciple being a follower, is by following the Lord through baptism. That's number one. Number two, a follower is always learning from Christ. A follower is always learning. This is good news if you ever struggle with feeling like you don't know enough as a Christian or as a a seeker of Christian faith, that you don't feel like you know enough. I know as a pastor, there are people, I feel like they pull obscure passages from deep in the Old Testament, and they come and ask me these questions about them. I'm like, I've never even heard of that name before. And so there's these, uh, these insecurities that we may have as to where we don't know enough in order to do what we need to do. But that's not what God has called us to do. He's called us to be a continual learner. I almost uh, said that a disciple is a follower slash learner, but I didn't like the slash on the slide, so I just stuck with follower. But they go hand in hand, a follower and learner. You're not supposed to know everything at this point, but we are called to live a life of continually learning. Look with me in in the next verse, chapter 28, verse 20. It says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So from that word teaching right here, we we get that a follower is a learner, a perpetual learner. It's an active job for all of us. We're to keep learning. We're to keep teaching others. If you've ever taught something, you probably realize that you retain more of what you taught to others than what they retain from listening to your teaching. In order to be able to get to a point to teach something, you really need to grasp it effectively in order to be a good teacher. And so when you teach something, you really learn it. So one of the best ways to be a learner is, guess what? To be a teacher. 
One of the best ways to be a leader is to be a follower, and one of the best ways to be a learner is to be a teacher. So don't sell yourself short by saying, I don't know enough. Who does? If you think you know enough, you're struggling with different issues, and we can talk about that later. But get a new mindset in your life. You don't have to know everything. Just say, estoy aprendiendo. I know very few phrases in Spanish. Translated, that means I am learning. I feel like a hypocrite sometimes when I say it because that's all I know right now. I don't feel like I'm learning. But that's the mindset we should have as a Christian. Estoy aprendiendo. I'm learning. I don't have all the answers at this point. I don't know everything that I need to know or want to know, but I'm learning. A follower of Christ is always learning from Christ. The third point is this. A follower keeps the Lord's commands. So this one can come at you pretty hard. If you've been a follower of Christ for very long, you know that the commands of Christ can be difficult to keep. Jesus has said to those who follow him, he said, deny yourself Pick up your cross and follow me. It's hard. I hope that no one tells you that the Christian life is supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. It's hard. But it is attainable. It is fruitful. And it's worthwhile. We'll look at the same verse, 28 verse 20, the first half. It says, teaching them. So that's where we get the continual learning to observe all that I have commanded you. Observe, to obey, to keep. Jesus wouldn't tell us to do something that was impossible to do. He said, come to me and I will give you rest. Sometimes I think he meant, come to me and I will give you stress. That's the way I feel sometimes, but that's not what he said. If I'm feeling overwhelmed with life, it's because I'm doing something wrong and I need to reconnect with God and not run from him. The word observe in this verse right here means to keep and obey. So to follow, to obey, to, to do these commands that he says. But there's an also another side of this word that means to guard and to protect. So it doesn't just mean to obey, but it also means to hold them precious, to hold them as true, and not allow them to be changed and perverted. So we are to follow Jesus in obeying his commands, and we're also to follow him in protecting them from being lost or corrupted. So we're to challenge the world and its systems, and we're to fight the temptation that comes at us within through the Word of God. So how do we know all of his teachings? It's a great question, which leads us back to number two, that we are continually learning what his commands are. Grace is a, there's a book called Scandalous, so I'm trying not to say that, but it's a scandalous uh, theological doctrine. Because it feels wrong for us to get away with what we do wrong. It feels like we should be punished for that. But grace says that Christ has taken that punishment for us. And so as we fail on the commands, repentance and faith leads us to experience that grace from God. And at that point, we don't have to live in fear of being punished for our mistakes. Disciple is always learning what these commands are. And even today, after years of being a Christian, I still come up against walls that I struggle with because of uh, my past. 
And God gives me grace to go through them if I will be faithful to trust him and continue to follow him. A disciple keeps the Lord's commands. Don't let this one overwhelm you. He's not asking you to go out and bear the burden all for him by yourself. He's not putting something on you and saying, now go out and prove yourself worthy of the grace that I've given you. That's not the heart of God, and that's not what he's saying. In fact, he will help us in keeping the Lord's commands, which leads us to the fourth and final mark of following, of being a follower. Number four is this, a follower always has the Lord with them. Isn't it odd how alone we can feel in a city of eight plus million people? How we can feel like no one understands what we're going through? Sometimes there are no people around us who understand the specific situation that we're going through. Sometimes we can be alone. But Jesus has promised to always be with us And he's a sympathetic priest who knows and understands what we are going through. The final verse here in Matthew 28 says, And lo, in verse 20, it says, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he says, No matter what trial you go through, no matter what suffering you endure, no matter what you face, I will always be there to comfort you. I will be there to strengthen you. When everyone leaves you and abandons you because your flaws are revealed, or when they leave you and abandon you because you take a stand for Christ, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will always be with you until the end of the age. A follower, a disciple, is a follower of Christ. There's one time I found in the New Testament where Jesus said, you can't follow me. I was looking at all the places where Jesus said the words, follow me. And I found one that, where he said, no, 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 you you can't follow me. He was talking to his closest disciples and Jesus was predicting that one of them, those closest to him, one of them was going to betray him. Now, they did not know who the, the traitor was, but Jesus dipped a morsel into a dish, and then gave it to Judas Iscariot, and he looked his betrayer in his eyes, and he said, what you have to do, do quickly. And Judas left. Now, the disciples that remained didn't know that Judas was the betrayer, the traitor. They were still confused, and they were disturbed because Jesus had just told them that this was going to happen, that he was going to die. Peter reached out to Jesus because he loved him dearly and he had a great devotion for him. And Peter said to Jesus in John chapter 13, verse 36, Simon Peter said to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, Where I go, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, 
Will you? Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, a rooster will not crow until you deny me three times. At this point, Jesus knew there was only one hope for Peter. There was only one hope for his disciples. There was only one hope for Israel. There was only one hope for the Gentiles. At this point, Jesus knew there was only one hope for you and for me. Jesus was the one who had to go and lay down his life for us. You see, we're called to follow Jesus, but there is only one place we cannot go. We cannot go to the cross and be the sacrifice for the world as he did as the Son of God. But as far as someone that we can trust, I promise it's Jesus that we can trust. He's the one who resisted all the world had to offer when he was tempted by the devil in the desert. As far as compassion, one of those needs we have in order to follow someone, he's the one who prayed while he was being tortured. Father, forgive them, the ones who are crucifying me, for they know not what they do. He was the one who was moved with compassion over the crowds time after time, and he fed the masses and he healed the sick. He's certainly compassionate. What about stability? That's something we need. It's him who brings stability. You see, now he's the one who has defeated death and has all authority in heaven and earth. He is the one that one day all will bow down and worship as the one true Lord. And what about hope? Jesus absolutely causes our hearts to be filled with hope. He said, I am the one who will never leave you, even to the end of the age. We are called to be followers, and we're called to make followers. We're called to be disciples and to make disciples of the the Lord Jesus. And when we see who he is, when we experience his grace and mercy... When the love of Jesus comes into our hearts and overwhelms our hatred, when he looks at every dark sin that we have ever done and he says, you are loved for one reason, because you are mine. Why would we ever choose to follow anyone else? He takes away all the fear that we have of being rejected by the world when we follow him. Because when we follow him, we are given the presence of God, the power of God, the love of God, and what our souls crave, acceptance by God. So every day is a new choice for us. Today is a new year. Tomorrow will be a new day. It's a choice for us to follow someone. So first and foremost, We have the opportunity to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus. If you're breathing, you can follow him. Most of you, I think, are still breathing. We follow him through being baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
We follow Him through living a life of continually learning from Him. We follow by keeping His commands and guarding them. And we follow Him as His disciple. When we follow Him as His disciple, we can live the rest of our lives knowing that He will always be with us and He will be for us. That brings hope to our lives. A lot of things I look to in life to bring hope. Even Star Wars lets me down from time to time. The Giants let me down this year in football, and the Jets let us down today. Sorry, Patrick. The world looks to a lot of places to follow. And there are some good things. There are some things that we can really enjoy here as gifts from God. But make today the day in which you choose to make your first and foremost following. Make that to be Lord, the Lord Jesus. Follow Him. It will be the best choice you'll ever make. And make that choice every morning when you wake up. Let me pray for us. Almighty God, you have revealed your greatness to us through the meekness and humility of your Son, Jesus. God, we have seen your tenderness, your kindness, your mercy, and we have seen your compassion for your people. We also see your power through resurrecting the Lord Jesus from the dead. You have proven yourself worthy, you are trustworthy. You are strong, you are secure, and you are a God of peace. Only through you do we have hope. Make that real to our hearts tonight. Thank you for giving us every reason to follow you for the rest of our life. May our trust in you bring glory to you and peace to your world. In Jesus' name, amen.